We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Hey, night, Knicks. Oof. Just when you thought you you saw their worst performance, this one might have trumped it all. Knicks get washed in LA 128-107. I don't know if it was a Fortnite marathon that they had going on last night or stuffed on In-N-Out Burger or skateboarding at Venice Beach, but... They just didn't come to play, man. So we're going to break it all down for you. CP from the Knicks Fan TV. My man, Alex Wolf, after a long hiatus, <laughs> returns to the Sunday tilt. Al, what's good, bro? Where you been, man? How's everything going, Al? What's going on, man? I've been good, you know. There hasn't been that many Sunday games. At yeah. least not ones I can make it to, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And, and this is probably the worst one to bring you back on. But glad to have you back either <laughs> way, man. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's all fun. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, at least at least talking about it afterwards is fun. Watching it wasn't so much fun. Watching it was not so fun, man. I mean, we had a few days off to, to go out to the West Coast, get that West Coast breeze. And um, I mean, these guys just came out like they were still on vacation, man. The, the Clippers came out led by the Landry Shamet show. Not Landry Fields, his long-lost brother, Landry Shamet. <laughs> Came in and destroyed us. Clippers overall went 19 uh, three-pointers me, I believe. I mean, what what did you see out there, man, if you saw anything? Yeah, it was – I mean, obviously it was it was Shamit going off at yeah. first with all those three-pointers. Uh, he had, what, six in the first quarter, yep. seven in the first half. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's you can't – you can't even, can't you can't even prepare up. for that, man, for yeah. someone being that hot. But on top of that, I mean, the Knicks just – they weren't playing defense. Yeah. Like, really looked engaged other than Mitch Robinson, you know, like the only guy who consistently looks engaged. Um, Trier put an okay game forward, I guess. Yeah. You know, I haven't even – I haven't even really put that much thought into the box score for this one yet because I just feel like it's all insignificant by and large. Basically, but like, yeah. But, like, you know, Trier kind of did his thing again. He had 16 points, five of seven shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got he's to have a pretty solid streak now going of, like – 
like you know 10 to 15 plus points yep. with under 10 shots now for a while which i mean that's pretty his solid. shooting percentage has been really good man yeah it's really solid, good. like really 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 good mm-hmm. um other than that, I mean, yeah, it was it was a crap game, dude. Like Vonley, my other thing was Vonley played well for the second time in two games. So I guess that's, yes, that, that's a plus. That, that's get, a plus. That, that's a plus because we we had the APB out on Vonley for quite a few uh, weeks now, but he, he bounced back in the last game against Cleveland and and had a pretty um, made a, a good showing in the second half as as well in this game to kind of make the game respectable. I mean, we were damn near down by forty. Uh, at some point, but to you know, to to your point, I think Mitch is continuing to bring it. If, if we want to look for any type of silver linings, as we always do in most of these games, Mitch continues to bring it. Today, he finished with 16 points, 14 boards, and four block shots. Man, I mean, this is one of the the few bright spots that makes this season even worthwhile watching in the second half. Man, it's Mitch. Yeah. Yeah, Mitch is like the only reason to watch the Knicks right now. Like, if we're being straight, like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's the only consistent reason. That's what I should say. He's he's obviously other guys show out different nights, but Facts. it's just like the only guy that you're tuning in every single night to see right now. Yeah, and and I mean, he still he, he had some pretty fantastic moments. Like he, he him and Montrell were going at it, man. They they were yeah. going toe to toe. And yeah. and he ate Trez's lunch a couple times yeah. too. You know? Like especially Trez tried to drive on him a couple times and he blocked him. Yeah, uh, through him. Pretty nice, couple you know? times. And, uh, and Mitch, you know, he had another double double, which is good. Uh, yep. He's consistently. He's still not really that bulky yet. You know, what I'm saying yeah. like guys don't typically add bulk throughout the season. If anything, they lose it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's gotten any bigger, like muscular wise, this season. But he's getting better positioning and he's really finding a way to kind of worm his way in there, like Dennis Rodman esque. You yeah. know what I'm saying? get his way in there and just find the positioning for the rebounds. So facts. facts. I've been, yeah. He's, he's doing well. You know, what I like about Mitch, I mean, outside of, you know, his, his play is, um, has been exceptional. I think he's averaging in the month of February. He averaged 11 points, eight boards, three block shots, rebounding numbers are going up. Block shots are going up, but it's, you could just see his mentality. He's just maturing so fast. Um, you could see him trying to lead out there. I don't know if it's the, the Andre Jordan effect or, or what it is, but, you know, we saw him, um, in the gym late nights, putting in late nights, you know, early morning workouts in the gym. He's real focused, man, for, for his age and, and not having had that experience at the pro level, you could see he's really taking it serious. So that, that's a good sign. Yeah. You know, I think I mentioned this on, uh, on locked on Knicks recently, shout out locked on Knicks, yep. listen to the podcast. Um, but I, I mentioned this recently. I think that that Mitch seems to do well with good mentors. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if he has, um, it, you saw earlier in the season, Rasheed Wallace showed up for one practice, and Mitch had one of his best games at that point. Uh, immediately after that, mm-hmm. and then you know now DeAndre Jordan shows up, and he's had you know a few weeks of DeAndre Jordan mentoring him, and all of a sudden now he's he's playing well. You know, to a level that we didn't think was you know possible before. Uh, and and looking very DeAndre Jordan esque, you know, sometimes, but even even better if we're being totally honest. Like, yeah, DeAndre Jordan in his rookie season never showed like what Mitch is showing right now. Tremendous so. upside, man. They brought in Marcus Camby last week to talk to him, who also mentored uh, DeAndre Jordan. So, and he seems to be accepting it. You know, he, he's not co- he, he's not coming in with the chip on the shoulder. He seems to be soaking it all in. So, uh, like I said, man, uh, the the few uh, one of the few bright spots um in, in the second half 
as we wind out the season. I'm I'm curious to see as as the season progresses and as we move on with Mitch. Hopefully, we move on with Mitch. That that's another story. But curious to see if if his um if if he kind of steps out the paint a little bit, tries to develop a little bit of a you know a little mid range, a little jump hook or something. Uh, did you see the shot chart that they put up on MSG today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where it's he has literally every single shot that he's taken this year is in the paint. In the paint. And mostly one shot. in the restricted area. And yeah. then he had one shot just outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like I've seen like the empty gym, you know, videos of him shooting. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he's got good form, but it's a pretty compact release. And, yeah. and it's it's close to his body, you know what I mean? Like not that I could demonstrate that well on, on this, but it's right. it, it, like it's coming from here. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? He's not shooting from up here. Mm-hmm. So it, I, that worries me a little bit about him trying to get that off in game right now because, you know, to be a guy at his height facing guys, you know, that are at least as tall as him. I mean, if you're shooting from around your face, like you definitely have more of a chance of getting blocked, you know, or, or not getting that shot off with mm-hmm. enough room than above your head. So, I, I you know, we'll see over time. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him at least attempt like, Two or three three pointers. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, what do you have to lose? I mean, you're losing today's game by like 22 points or whatever, and at times you're down by like 40. So, like, what's the point of at least give him one shot at a you know pick and pop one time, just get it off in game? But yeah, I think like I I think actually if you would start busting that out now, he would at first see a ton of room right away Mm -hmm. because nobody would expect it. Nobody would even think that he could shoot it. But if you start making a couple, I'd start to worry a little bit about that release, you know, with where he, he releases the ball from. But right. that's like, I'm, I'm thinking way too far in the future yeah. with him right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, it, it's good to uh, to think about, you know, because that means he's, he's shown a lot of potential, man. He's shown a lot of potential, so that's good. Uh, one of the things that wasn't so good, uh, perimeter defense. Uh, the, the point guard play left a lot to be desired. Dennis Smith Jr. didn't have so great of a game. Um, I mean, what, what's your overall take on, on DSJ um, in tonight's game and, and kind of going forward? Yeah, I mean, not a not a single guy on the Knicks could really defend the perimeter today. Yeah, so I'm not going to put that all on him. Um, it kind of just felt they all just felt sleepy today. Yeah, you know, like it was one of those. And you know, uh, uh, Fizdale talked about it a little bit after the game that like this is a trend now. This isn't just like a once or twice thing. It's like anytime they have one of these uh, afternoon starts, they've struggled this year. Mm-hmm. And to what you mentioned before, you're kind of joking, but it might be the real case. These kids playing too many video games. And stuff. Yeah, these guys are in the suite yeah. doing, going Fortnite dancing and whatever. Fortnite and everything. Whatever yeah, the so. hell that is, man. I, I can't get with it, man. I'm old. But I don't know. I mean, Smith, like I wasn't, I gotta be honest. Like I barely even have an opinion on what Smith did because yeah. Feel like I just kind of stopped paying attention to him after a few minutes. Yeah, uh, just because he was thoroughly unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the same could be said for Moutier. You know, I didn't find Moutier to be particularly great to watch today either. Yeah. He wound up with 16 points, but I mean, just the defense was just atrocious. You know, and and the reality of the the matter is is that you can't you can't go out there and like shoot like Moutier shot 40% today. Like you would shoot a hell of a lot better than that. If you're going to not play defense and the yeah. same goes for Smith, you know, Smith shot 27% today. You three, can't four, go 11. Oof. three, four, 11 for DSJ, eight points, six yeah. times, only one turnover. Oof. Building a brick yeah. house, man. I mean, good for him for still not turning the ball over much, yeah. you know, and, and six assists. Like, I have noticed he's very good at, like, very quietly accruing, like, five-plus assists. Yeah, now, since the Dallas trade, he's been on the uptick. Yeah. 
Yeah, so like his assist numbers have looked great. Um, his jumper just is looking real ugly. Lately, looking though. real ugly, man, and and that's one yeah. of the things um, I, I think you want to see from him as the season progresses, and if he's here going forward, is if he can get some sort of efficiency with his jumper. You know, that was always a knock with him, and um, it's been up and down since he's come. But on the flip side, the, the assist numbers definitely look good. Um, Kevin Knox not not shooting the ball so well as of late. He seems to be. On the downtrend since that um, rookie of the month in December, you know what? What do you attribute that to, dude? I I'm like beyond. Yeah, I mean he's a rookie, it. right? We'll preface that before we get killed in the trap. We, we know he's a rookie, but you know he, he's a rookie. He's he's, he's hashtag only nineteen. Yeah, yeah, only I mean? nineteen. Don't don't forget it. So, and I'm not forgetting that, but you know, he's, he's really playing bad lately. Yeah. You know, you can't sugarcoat it. You know, it's, it's like, if you're going to give him the big ups for having his good months and showing the flashes of what good Knox could be, it's true. you got to acknowledge the flashes right now of like, this is the worst of what Knox could be. It's, it's looking real shitty. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, his shot selection has been terrible. There was one, there was one shot in particular today that really like got under my skin. It was, he brought the ball up. I think it was in transition or, or no, you know, it was, it was a fresh, it was like a fresh half court set. Mm-hmm. He got the ball handed off to him around like the, the elbow three point range. And he took a, he took a pick and like actually created a little bit of space. And then instead of like driving towards the rim or looking for someone to pass to, or like anything else that he could have done, he pulls up from like six inches yeah. inside the three point line. Yep. And- I saw you guys posted that. Yep. I did. I took that video right then and there because I was like, this is awful. Like, this is exactly what you don't want to see from a kid who's, like, struggling, has been shooting, like, 30% for the last, like, what is it, like, 19 games or something? Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's terrible, you know? And today didn't do anything to, to, you know, like, ease those fears in me as far as, you know, him playing so badly lately. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to like. I, I don't want to crap on him too much because you right. know, like he's young yeah. and everything. But I feel like this coaching staff really needs to like. I, I think that they need to get in his ear and sort of change his mentality. Yeah. Like I think that he's been going into these games thinking, "I need to be a scorer. This team needs me to score to win." Right. So I'm going to score. And you rein him in a little bit. Yeah, they need to like change his mindset to, from like, "Hey, I have to be a scorer," to like, "Hey." I just need to make winning plays, you know, Mm -hmm. and I need to like find my spots and maybe like try to get myself going with some, some open looks, you know, try to use some screens on the outside a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Drive to the basket and not just pull it for the floater, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe start taking some contact. Um, You know, it should almost be one of those things like when you play like in high school or whatever, Mm -hmm. when you're, gives you certain goals before the game, you know, like, Hey, I need you to go out there and I need to see you, you know, get into contact at least three times in the paint today. Like right. that's all I'm asking. And then they, they go over it with him on film later, you know, whatever, show him what's good, show him what's not, and then work on it from there. But like, he definitely, he needs to start adding some new wrinkles to his game. Cause clearly like he's figured out right now. Like nobody's, yeah. He's slumping. not surprising anybody with what he's doing right now. He, he's, cer- he's certainly slumping, man. But, uh, yeah, we talked on it. We went on a podcast this morning with um, Jonathan Macri from Knicks Film School and, and, and talked about that a bit more myself and, and Jay Ellison Macri. So um, that that was a good one. 
ISO, well, we talked about ISO. I, I think ISO is seems like he's bouncing back. Um, he kind of knocked off the criticism that he had hit a wall and, and just said, you know, he's just trying to figure it out and put it all together. Um, he is currently, what's ISO's numbers? 15, last six games before this game, coming into this game, 15.7 points per game, 55% from the field and 50% beyond the line. It's good numbers for ISO, man. Yeah, and I mean, his season numbers are, like, really yeah. high now, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got his season numbers up to 10.5 points per game, uh, 46% from the field, yep. 4% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. I yeah. mean, he's he, he has really he, – he's bounced back in a big way from earlier in the season, you know, it, like you just alluded to when, when everybody was talking about, you know, he might have hit the rookie wall mm-hmm. or he needed to add more to his game or whatever. And you know what? They talked about it um, – they talked about, I think, in the pregame on MSG today about uh, about how he's starting to use his left now. Yeah, a little more, definitely, you know, very they, evident. Um, I just think he's been more decisive lately. I almost wonder if like playing with Kadeem Allen helped him a little bit because he's a lot of the ways that he's been making his decisions on the floor lately have been kind of like a more improved version of Kadeem yeah. Allen. He was out there, you know. It's like don't let the ball sit in your hands for too long. Right, like, figure out something to do. You know, either either drive to the hoop mm-hmm. or uh, take a shot or find somebody to pass the ball to. But, like, don't just stand there and dribble. Yeah. You know, M- much more I- intentional with his approach. I, yeah. I definitely noticed that as well. Much more yeah. intentional and patient, not trying to force the issue too much. Just kind of letting the game come to him. And that's that's what he said. That That's what he said in the last post game. So mm-hmm. um, silver linings, man. We're always looking for silver linings, Al. You know what I mean? With, on this 13 and 50 campaign. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we already covered all the silver lines. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all we basically. got, right? Like- <laughs> so um, with that being said, shout out to everybody in the chat on this Sunday night. Shout out to the Knicks Nation chat. Number one post game show on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below and the notification bell if you're a diehard Knicks fan. This is the home of the diehard Knicks fan where we talk about Knicks news, Knicks rumors, and post-game live discussions after every game featuring live callers. First call of the night is going to go to, we're going to North Dakota, Al. We're going to Fargo, baby. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Marshall Marshall called before, man. Marshall, what's going on, bro? Yep. Oh man, Marshall Marshall completely ruined his introduction, man. Marshall, you still there? Nah, I don't know what happened to Marshall. He wasn't ready for his introduction, man. I tried to throw him the alley, alley. I don't know. He, he got frostbite or something. Let, let's see. Gotta take some lessons from Mitch, you know. Yeah. Yo, Marshall, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm here. Can you oh, hear me? Yeah, yeah, good, man. I, I might be having a little issues with the phones, but go ahead. How's everything? Oh. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear, bro. Oh. All right, perfect. All right. So I was listening to you guys' uh, Sunday morning podcast mm-hmm. about Evan Knox and everything. Mm-hmm. So this is just my opinion and just my uh, my thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. We're in essence, in essence, we're basically giving getting Kevin Knox's freshman, sophomore, yeah. junior years of college right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I think he just came into the league way too early. He should have stayed in Kentucky and developed more and got a little bit more out of his college experience, you know, as far as shooting, defense, 
and his overall motor and everything like that. That's just my opinion. That's fair. What, That's fair. I mean, you could say that about a lot of one. The and NBA players. is kind of weird. Like the whole. What's that? I said. I said you could. You could definitely argue that with a lot of these one and done plays. You could. You could argue that you know a lot of these guys might might need a little bit more seasoning at the college level. That's fair. Right. And so I don't know if the Knicks are bringing in people just like they did with Mitch to mentor and give them some more, you know, guidance and things yeah. of that nature. Has the Knicks ever thought about sending possibly Kevin Knox down to the G League, you know, the farm system, letting him develop more and bringing him back? I don't know if that's going to be a big thing or not, but I just don't see them putting the investment like they are in it, Mitch, you know what I mean, with all yeah. the mentors and, you know, Putting them around Marcus Canby and all yeah. those other guys. Well, they, I mean, now they kinda, brought in they uh, brought in Bernard. You know, they they yeah. gave him Bernard King. You know, oh, okay. what, what do you think, Al? Wait, specifically. Okay. Ahead, if Al. you recall, Fisdale, Fisdale specifically arranged for him to meet with uh, Kevin Durant and with uh, LeBron James too, if I recall. Yeah, and he's supposed to be working out with Paul George as yeah. well in the off season. So, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I'm I'm still optimistic about Knox. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And mm-hmm. in essence, we were getting like the the early years of Knox, where I think here within the next one, two years, we're going to see a better version of him. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hold off all opinions until then and mm-hmm. then make a solid choice when he gets a little bit more seasoned, you know. And then Mitch it's himself, he's just going to become, you know, become a star himself, just like kind of correct Kevin, uh, not a, uh, what is its name? Uh, Timberwolves. Garnett. You know what I mean? Garnett hey. came out of high school. He was just one of those phenom, you know, phenoms that just kind of took the NBA by storm, you know? So yeah. I think in a few years, we're going to get our own version of Kevin Garnett in New York. You know what I mean? I wish if, so, if he could be half That's just my play. opinion. That's how I see it. All right. Appreciate it, Marshall. Hold it down over there in North, North Dakota, man. Man. Oh, no That's doubt. Good. No doubt. Yeah, man. All right. You guys take it easy. Later. Yeah, man, that's my guy Marshall from North Dakota, man. We're worldwide out here, Alex. We're worldwide, man. Marshall, Marshall is uh, shooting for the stars, man. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, right. Comparison. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, man. Yeah, KG. If if Mitch ever turned into KG, he's got a long way to go, but that would be nice. Yeah, I, that would be a nice guy for Mitch to get mentored by. But I also don't like Kevin Garnett very much. Yeah, he, he's he's <laughs> well, an enemy of the state. That. He's an enemy of the state. We we never got over that Honey Nut Cheerios comment. Nah, man. no Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? He he turned Mitch into like a like a super trash talker and make yeah. him very unlikable to everybody else around the league. I like Mitch as kind of like this this little like uh meek dude who's just like chilling and like enjoying life right now. Yeah, he he he'll still uh put you on your ass though. Don't sleep on Mitch, man. Man, oh Mitch yeah, is, no Mitch doubt. Still like, I'm not saying Meek like on the court, you know what I'm saying? But like his his personality, like his interviews. And oh yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very yeah, mild mannered you know for right now. That's good. I like his like three word answers, you know, to Rebecca Harlow and yeah. stuff like that. Like he just seems like he's still kind of like, like he, just living in the moment kind of thing. He's still, still, he's still living in the moment, man. Still I, I innocent. He hasn't lost his innocence yet. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out everybody in the chat. On this Sunday night, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. If you if you're still a Knicks fan after 13 and 50, you deserve some credit. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Shout out um 7:30 terrorista Ricardo Custer. What's going on, Craig Williams? Who I see, who's Mark is in here. What up, Mark? Chris, what's going on? Shout out to you guys, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Let's go back to the phones. 
Let's see who we got here. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jersey. Jamal from Jersey wants to talk about Kevin Knox and Mitch. Jamal, what's going on? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Chill, man. Doing good. How you doing? I'm a uh, real quick great great show earlier today with the Knicks wall thing. I enjoyed it, but oh, um, with Macri, yeah, appreciate it, man. I want no problem. I want to talk about Kevin Knox. Mm. Um, maybe I'm a weirdo, but I'm really not worried about him. Yeah, I no, I'm, I'm young, not worried. Personally, I'm up. not worried. I'm we just I'm just pointing out the observation. You know, you can't. It, it's hard to miss that he's building right. a brick house I, out there. But you know, I'm I'm still patient for sure. I think physically he he need to get stronger, which he will. Mm-hmm. I think he definitely suffering from sporadic to bad point guard play. Like cool. he's not getting no help in that in those regards in that department. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the better games that he played this year, he's been active on the boards. Even yeah. like two or three games ago, Fizz had him bringing the ball up the court, was running some high action where he just controlling and touching the ball more. He mm-hmm. goes a long stretch without being involved or waiting in the corners. I think he got to find them, find out more lineups where Kevin Knox could be more active, more active. and not out there with ISO Zoe and one eye three trillion guards that ain't doing nothing yeah. much or doing nothing to help anybody else get better out there. Yeah. And, and, and Al, you know, I think that could be part of the, the motor issue too, that people talk about, man. Maybe like he's, he's the type of player where like you, you have to, you know, get the ball in his hands or some sort of, you know, movement out there or else he kind of shies away. Yeah. I think, I think that the rest of Knox's game follows his offense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that, if he's not on an offense, everything else suffers because that's just kind of how how the game works for him, I guess. You know, I, and if that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like, if he starts off and he's zero for three or whatever, then his first priority is getting his offense right, and then from there everything else falls into place. So, I think that's just kind of the issue with him right now. But I mean, it, it, to to the point, you know, like he's I'm not like worried worried about him yet. Um, I just, there's things that are concerning. And certainly when you, when you have a stretch now of like 20 games and even, even like in the middle of it, there was the all-star break, which you thought would rejuvenate him. And he came back and he's kind of just still in the same spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's a little concerning. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like he needs to, maybe point guard play is part of it. You know, I, I don't know necessarily like, I, I think some of the issues with what he's doing is that sometimes he looks for his own shot when he should be just kind of like pushing the ball around the perimeter and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like sometimes the ball hits him and he decides that he has to take the shot and, and, you know, more power to him. Cause like, ideally you want him to become a score that can do stuff like that. But, um, you know, right now with how he's been playing, I think, I think he just needs to look to like facilitate the offense more so than yeah. his to, own to, get, to get into that rhythm. I, I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, it's it, it's a light criticism of him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know. Yeah. No, we're not not ragging on him. We're, by any we're means. not. We're not trying to do yeah, that. Yeah. We're but. not ragging. We're just pointing out the obvious. No, I understand. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, I understand. All right, Jamal, I guarantee bro. if you look at. All right. Take it easy, fellas. Yeah. No. Go ahead. You can finish your point. I, I didn't know you. I didn't know if you were done. Oh, I was just about to say, if you look at the amount of easy buckets that he's got this year due to, like, other players or assists or point guard player, I would guarantee it's very minimal. His problem is he's trying to create everything on his own every time he get it to get involved. Mm. And that's, to me, that's because of lack of offensive creativity and point guard play. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, and part part of it too is he has to he has to kind of embrace off ball movement more as well. I think you know embrace like cutting and you know using off ball screens and things of that nature too. And then I, I think the Knicks have some point guards that can find him in those sort of looks. Like Dennis Smith, I think has found has shown the ability to do that. Trier to some degree, you know, sometimes has shown that ability. And more importantly, and I mean, I know people have mixed opinions about him, but the best guy for finding people like looks within the offense within the the set plays is Frank Milikina, I think. And I think maybe you might see some more stuff for Knox if he starts embracing off ball movement with a guy like Frank out there, he'd probably find the ball in some good spots. A player who they say is uh, a more confident Frank Nilakita man is Shea Gilgis Alexander, man. He's turning up on us, bro. He's been playing well. He's been playing well, man. Yeah, SJ had a good game. I was I was pretty impressed with him. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty impressed with a bunch of guys on the Clippers. Obviously, like you know when when you route a team like that, number yeah. of guys. I think Mont- Montres Harold definitely stepped his game up. He definitely yeah. stepped his yeah. game up. Harold had like such a weird up and down game because he would go from getting like totally annihilated by Mitch yeah. to like to like you know throwing down a hammer dunk or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seemed like every time he would like have something happen. Yeah, like he, it was just like you know, just like yin and yang, like tit for tat. You know what I mean? Like he was just like get owned, and then like next possession, throw down a catch oh. dunk. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was it was kind of an interesting game for him. He's yeah. a good player. Montrez, like he stepped up. Um, Danilo, you know, always got love for Danilo, man. You know, mm-hmm. he, he never Same. said too much. <laughs> yeah, I like I like Gallinari. You know, I was, yeah. I'm I'm happy that he's kind of found found his place in the league because. I mean, damn! Like he had he had twenty points in twenty three minutes today. Yeah, and and I, it was funny. I saw uh, you know I was following like on the PNT Twitter. I was you know looking around the, mm. the timeline or whatever. And the the Clippers blog at one point was like, "Oh, Gallinari just let the ball stick to his hands. He stopped the ball moving." I'm like, "Shut up, man!" Of all the things to complain about today, of you guys have nothing to complain about. <laughs> up by forty. Like, what more do you want, man? <laughs> yeah, and Gallinari. I mean, he played a good game today. Yeah. you know, he had a couple moments where he maybe. He maybe held it a little too long or whatever, but he had a good game. He had a, I thought he had a really solid game. I mean, yeah, Danilo definitely had a good game, man. Uh, we'll see what the chat has to say. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Um, hit that subscribe button as well. Share these videos, man. If you know any other Knicks fans that haven't seen this show, haven't called in, haven't joined the chat, definitely share this with your fellow Knicks fans. Uh, Lee Jones is, is not a Knox fan. He says he's trash. <laughs> Let's see. Um, who's Mark says his, his college motor was terrible. So, who's Mark thinks that's the issue? The shooter says he's tired. Lee Jones says, "Don't make excuses for him." No, I'm not making excuses for him. I think I think the he's tired part is really. I mean, if I was going to pick out one thing that I think is the the biggest reason, I think it's that he's he he's like I don't want to say he's frail, like because he's not like. Super, he's, he doesn't look like like uh, Tayshawn Prince used to look or something, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But he's he's definitely on the on the thinner side, and he's not very bulky. And and I think that at this point, he's now what like double the amount of games he's probably ever played, yeah, in, a, in his whole life, and a lot of minutes too, man. Yeah, a ton of minutes. You know, he was playing that that stretch where he was playing like damn near forty minutes a game for like yeah. over a month. So I. I uh, and luckily, I've seen Fizz kind of scaling his minutes back a little bit lately into the mm-hmm. 20s again. So I think uh, I think he's tired. I think that's honestly Could be. probably one of Could the biggest be. things. 
this is time. Maybe they tried it. Maybe they upped it so much to try to get his stamina up. You know, knowing that think, that the motor was was an issue. Yeah. Well, knowing how Fizz operates, I think that is probably why they did it. But I, yeah. I, you know, there's there's a point where you can push it too far, and you know, then you you take him from you know trying to get his conditioning up to just tiring him out, you mm-hmm. know, and, and maybe even tiring him out to the point that like he can't get himself right unless he sits a couple games or something. But right. you know, like I said, there was even the All Star break, and he still he still seems really like he doesn't have a lot of lift, and seems he doesn't. Gassed. Have a lot. Yeah, he seems yeah. gassed. Let's see, see what happens, man. Let's go to Harlem World. Alonzo from Harlem wants to talk about the squad in general. Alonzo, how you feeling, bro? Yo, what's good, family? What's going on with you, man? Yo, what's good, man? Long time, my dude. How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving the way you popping now, man. You 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 got it going, man. Pre- appreciate Day you, one bro. to now, man. It's like it's like a um. It's like a metamorphosis, man. Your channel is blowing, man. I'm loving it, man. Appreciate it, my dude. Appreciate it, man. I'm I'm gonna say a little. I'm 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 gonna say a little. I'm gonna mention one name, mm-hmm. and this is gonna be my defense of Kevin Knox. I'm gonna mention one name, DeAndre Jordan. If people are, we was already raving about money, Mitch, when we when we, when we got him within the, during the summer league and everything. Mm-hmm. But if you look at how his game has has totally launched crazy because of the addition of DeAndre Jordan, him having a veteran that can that can explain to him where to be, how to time block shots. Because in the beginning of the year, he wasn't getting those blocks because he was landing into people's, people's zone and it was falling on him. Mm-hmm. Now he's getting those blocks and dominating the way he's dominating because of DeAndre Jordan. Kevin Knox doesn't have that. He doesn't have that that type of veteran there to teach him how to get to open spots. What you mean, man? He's, he's got Lance Thomas, man. Lance can teach us some and things, man. <laughs> Lance back. can get him in his spots, man. You'll have confidence in Lance, well, I mean, what, I'm, what I'm saying is you kind of low. I can barely hear you. Come back. No, I said you don't, you don't have confidence in Lance, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> no. I don't have confidence in last last average two points a game in whole career. So no, I have I have zero confidence in in in, in Lance Thomas to do anything, teach anybody anything offensively. He's a he's a he's a Swiss Army knife without a couple pieces. <laughs> so no, nah, he does he doesn't have that. The other Jordan is was an awesome. You know, he was considered one of the best players in the league at one time. So, I mean, you is he he knows how to really play how to affect the game. In, in that way, and if you if you look at it, it um, Money, Money Mitch is not like shooting jump shots and you know scoring out outside the paint and everything. He's playing the exact same way DeAndre Jordan plays. Yeah. So if if Kevin Knox is going to play the exact same way that Lance plays, if he just how to play like him, you're really going to be disappointed. <laughs> nah, I hear you, better. You know what I'm saying? Then you're going to be talking. Oh, he's a bust. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, he doesn't—he doesn't have that veteran guy, that that guy, that guy that can show him how to get in certain spots to score or do this and do that. And the other caller made made perfect sense. He hasn't had a—he hasn't had consistent point guard play all season long. Mm-hmm. And I love Dennis Smith Jr. But he's not a pure point. So you don't have—you don't have consistent point guard play all year long. You don't have the the veteran there to teach you what spots to get to. Um, where to shoot from, how to get there, you know what I'm saying, how to get separation. You don't have none of that, yeah. and he's still a 19-year-old kid. 
So he's basically learning with, with some coaching in, on his own. Learn, learn. And that's not a recipe for, for success. It's possible. Appreciate the call, Alonzo. Al, who, who do you want to mentor, man? You want to bring Melo back? What's Melo doing? I actually, I, I think I made a, I made a point on uh, Locked On Knicks about recently that that I, I'd be cool with Melo like mentoring Knox a little bit in the off season. Um, I don't know if I necessarily need him on this team. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I, think I need him on the roster. Yeah, there's some stuff that Knox could learn from a guy like Melo. Yeah. Or, you know, obviously a guy like Durant. That's the guy. Look, if we're talking about the guys that I really want to mentor Knox, like, mm-hmm. get te- Kevin Durant, man. Like, get him on this team because that's about the best mentor you could possibly have for a guy of Knox's stature yeah. and, you know, position and whatever. But, um, yeah, I, there's plenty of guys that, that Knox could get mentorship from. And, you know, it's a good point that, you know, really there's no other, like, small forwards on the team. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like Knox, and then yeah, it's Lance, and Lance is even Mario. You want him to learn from Mario? I guess Mario, but even like Mario and Lance have been used as small ball fours. Yeah, all year. yeah, because like, they they can't really hang as as threes anymore. True. So yeah, I guess like it, Knox really doesn't have a great veteran presence that plays the way that he does to teach him how to play better. Yeah, as the way that he does. But I I, I don't know I. My whole thing with the point guard play is, like, you could say the point guard play is lacking a little bit, but, like, guys like guys like Jordan and, like, Mitch and, you know, to a lesser degree, like, Vonley, even, like, some some other, like, um, three-point nah, – mm-hmm. I don't even want to call them specialists because we don't have any actual specialists on this team, but, like, Jenkins or Ellenson or Cornette or whatever. I mean, those guys find looks somehow. You know, it's, and it's just because they they have a certain role and they play it, and you know, it, you got to kind of hit it from the basic angles first. And I don't know if Knox really plays anything at that basic level. Um, he's always trying to do the more advanced stuff and the you know the solo scoring and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, um, well, well, we'll see, man. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. It could be. You know, I don't think there's um, any wrong uh, hypothesis here with, with what's going on with Kevin Knox. I think, you know, some people say motor. I see people in the chat saying motor. So others say, you know, it could be point guard play. Um, we'll see. Time, yeah. time will tell, man. Time will tell. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Raw Hebrew Remnant joins us. He wants to talk about the overall development of the team. What's going on, bro? What's up, fellas? I did hear the uh, the uh audio with Macri today. That was awesome, man. I'm, I'm you, man. glad for you and uh, you and Jay Ellis. You guys blowing up. Uh, I knew you guys were going to bubble. I'm glad to see it, man. Appreciate it, man. Um, hey, you've been supporting since day point. one, man, so thanks a lot. Yeah, man, I'm always here, man, because, you know, you all are real, for, for real, for real, on the next tip. And, I, and I, that's like, you know, for good or for bad, you there. And I've been there from, like like I said, I was a Knicks fan from the first, um, not the first championship, the second championship. Mm-hmm. I, I was been a Knicks fan. I was like 11 years old at that time. Okay. And I've been a Knicks. The only time I left was when they let Clyde go to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I was so mad. I became a Boston fan for a little bit. <laughs> but then when Boston drafted, um, they traded JoJo White, and I went back to the Knicks. And at that time, also, the Knicks got Bernard King from uh, Golden State, and I was all in, and I was like back, and I wasn't let, leaving after that. But I've been through hell and high water with this team, and I, I have to say I am very, very excited about our team. I, I know the record's bad, and I know a lot of the younger cats don't remember all of these things, but, I mean, Mitch, Mitch is a game-changer, man. I mean, 
this dude, I mean, he's really going to be the deal. And I hope they don't trade him for AD. Yeah, I'm not saying AD, 25 years old, top five player. I get it. But this is a guy we drafted that's our guy. And to have a guy come through our system like that is a change. That's very rare mm-hmm. in Knicks land. That's very rare. So that's number one. Number two, I'm excited to see him with Frank because – Frank is our best perimeter defender. Say what you want about his offense. I believe his offense will come in time. People are just too impatient in New York. But if you let this kid, right now he's our best perimeter defender. If you give him and Mitch some time together with both of them healthy and they get to run a little bit for like 10 games, I think you're going to see something with just them too. Also, one more thing with regard to Knox, mm-hmm. you all need to chill a little bit, man. I was looking at Giannis Antetokounmpo's stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in in 2013. His first year, he played 25 minutes a game, averaged seven points a game. Okay, this is his first year. His second year, he played 31 minutes a game and averaged about 12. And this is about what Knox is doing now. Knox, you can look at him. He's a very gangly teenager. He's not yeah. even completely coordinated yet. And the way these guys are drafted today as 18- and 19-year-olds, if you notice, like look at D'Angelo Russell. All of a sudden, his fourth year, because this is when he would, under like in the past, he would normally be coming into the league. Now he's blowing up. Mm-hmm. You got to give Kevin Knox that time. I think we got, I really, I'm looking at him like a, a superstar in the making. We just got to be really patient and let him grow into his body and let him develop. I, I would just be treating him with kid gloves right now, like we were kind of treating Porzingis before he, you know, you know, shitted on us. But I'm, I'm just saying we should treat Knox like that because, Going forward, we got to stud in this kid. I, I I just want us to be patient with him because yeah. don't worry about what he's doing now. I think he's going to be like next year. He's going to have to. He'll be able to move off the ball. We'll have more players, and he'll probably he'll up his uh, points a little bit, maybe fifteen a game. By that third year, you're going to be glad. We're going to be glad we got him, man. You're going to be glad we got him. Okay, I appreciate the call, man. Good call, bro. So that's the OG Al. Um. To his point on Mitch and the AD trade, Al, I don't think I, I don't, we haven't talked in a while, but what, what's your stance on it um, uh, in, I, in terms of what's going on in the summer? I had like, I don't know, I thought it was going to be like a hot take a couple weeks ago about that, where I was like, you know, I don't think if it came down to it and the Knicks would, you know, if this dream scenario plays out and the Knicks get Zion Williamson, you know, at, at the top pick in the draft, which obviously is no certainty, but, you know, we're all hoping for it. And then, you know, they they get KD and Kyrie and, you know, things are looking real good like that. I think I've reached the point with Mitch where, like, if it came down to it, I would not trade Mitch and Zion Williamson for AD. Yeah. But, like, you know, just because Mitch, like, I think the biggest thing with him now is you see how much he's already doing already. Mm-hmm. He's not a ball dominant player. So if you bring in two ball dominant superstars, they're not going to affect him in the slightest uh, in his production. And just like for the small amount of money that he makes the one and a half million. I mean, that's, that's yeah. crazy. Like that's, that's, that's a steal that's, right there. It's like 1% steal. of the salary cap. Yeah. Like 1% of the yeah. salary cap. That's insane. Uh, and you have him for three more years at that price. That's tag. Tremendous value, man. It's crazy, yeah. So, like, just his, his, you know, his value on the court compared to his dollars, you know, on the, the ledger sheet, it's it's a lot to pass up on, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's that's a lot to give up on to send him to, you know, New Orleans. And on top of that, you know, you're talking about, like, 
in this in this dream hypothetical, you have Zion Williamson also who looks like a generational, you know, talent at the right. top of the draft. Like you you can't give up like two guys like that. You know, even if right. you're getting Nick Davis back, you know, you gotta you gotta kinda hoard certain assets, you know, and those two are like two that you would definitely wanna want to keep in that case i think definitely man definitely i mean i my stance has always been the same i don't want to give up on mitch uh i don't want to see us mortgage the future once again for some win now you know short-term satisfaction yes a team of those three would be nasty don't get me wrong it would bring msc back people would blow the roof off every single night you know but look 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 at the depth that these other teams are coming with. Look at what Philly's coming with. You know, I'm pretty confident. I I just feel like they're going to bring back that whole team next year, like Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. Um, Milwaukee's got that depth. Toronto now has that depth. If Kyrie, if, if Kawhi Leonard stays, you know, they have that depth. You just, you know, dump the whole team and bring in Anthony Davis. What are you really left with? You know what I'm saying? That's my whole point. What, what are you really left with? And so... As much as I respect him as as a top player in the game and how much he would elevate this team if that dream scenario came through, you know they're going to want Mitch. You know they're going to mm-hmm. want Mitch. And, and I, I just don't want to see us bail on another homegrown talent again. I, I want to see it through with Mitch. What they say, that the last rookie that, that was on the second deal with this team was Charlie Ward? If yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the true stat too because that's unreal. You can't, count, you can't count Tim Hardaway like that. Talking like the Knicks, you know, saw his whole rookie deal through yeah. and then signed to another contract. Yeah, it was Charlie Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see that, man. I don't want to see that. We had uh, we had the front office eye Spencer for front office eye on with us last Saturday. That was our first draft breakdown. Um, and he broke he down. Me, he told me to shout him out on here, so I'll say hi to Spencer. Real All right, quick. yeah, shout out Spencer. Shout out Spencer. <laughs> he did a good job. If you guys in the chat haven't seen our draft breakdown, check the um, the menu at the top right hand side of your screen. Uh, I always put all the latest videos, all the latest fan polls and stuff up there. So definitely check it out if you guys missed it. But shout out to Spencer. Al, have you been um, have you been tuning into to the college scene? Are, are you looking at other guys outside of you know the Zion phenomenon? Yeah, it's it's tough. Like for me personally, I don't have like the amount of the amount of time to like dedicate the amount of time that I have to dedicate to the Knicks, yeah. and then also dedicate it to the to the college prospects. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like I've watched some Duke. Like Zion's obviously crazy. Um, RJ Barrett, like from what I've seen, definitely like has potential to be a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely some some trouble signs there for me. Like I think he's. I think he's a little too score first sometimes. Um, it, one game in particular, and I mean, I think it was game plan wise, but that first loss that they had to Gonzaga was really ugly from him. I, I watched a pretty good chunk of that one where, you know, they gave him the ball like freaking like seven straight possessions down the stretch of that game and he couldn't convert one of them against college level guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then like Reddish, Reddish is worrisome because of all the, the shooting issues and all that and uh yeah i culver i i keep meaning to watch more of because I, oh, I hear yeah. really good things about him i know spencer's really high on culver. he's high on him yeah he's like he's got him as like number two on his board i think um mm-hmm. and culver's culver seems good to me i mean i love the percentages i love the improvement that he's shown mm-hmm. uh I'm trying to think who else uh, I mean, Morant, I haven't really seen much outside of highlights. Yeah. yeah. I just keep hearing about like he's like a highlight machine. Yeah. And 
that's cool. I mean, whatever. Like, from what I understand, he's a pretty good player. He's he's leading the nation in assists, but mm-hmm. he's also got a fairly high turnover number too. So that's a little worrisome. But okay. Um. Now, now, question for you and question for you guys in the chat. I had posed this um, yesterday when I posted. Uh, I, I did a snippet of Spencer's breakdown of the point guards. He actually likes um, Darius Garland better than John Morant it's, uh, from an offensive standpoint. They also went to Vanderbilt, so was, there's a bit of homerism going on there, <laughs> which we called him out on. But shout out, Spencer. If it comes down to it and we touch on, say, the – let's say we go th- three through five – and the point guards are there, would you still draft the point guard? Or Spencer was saying, consider trading down. What do you guys think, Alex, and what do you guys think in the chat? Would you go the point guard, go someone else, or consider trading down if we hit like three through five? I mean, I guess it depends on how high you are on the guys that are at the spot that you're at, Mm -hmm. right? So that's like the one thing. So let's say you're pick three. I mean, then, you know, you figure probably Zion and let's say Barrett have gone already right but then are you that high on culver that you that you're like okay he's can't miss at three or are you like all right if we if we trade down three spots or whatever to like six or something like that like could we still get a player that we'd be happy just as happy with as like a culver or maybe even still get culver you know if other teams take morant Mm -hmm. and reddish and whoever else you know what i mean so it, it would be it would probably require some info that I myself would not have. It would be info that like the Knicks front office would have um, of like knowing what other teams are thinking about doing, you know, what players other teams are high on things of that nature mm-hmm. um, to decide how to, how to proceed with that move. But I would definitely entertain training down. Like, cause realistically, I think, I think this is like, as far as top players in this draft, it's a one player draft, like it's yeah. Zion and then everybody else. And then, like, once you get past that, then it's like, okay, um, how high are you on any particular other player? And it's just, like, if you can trade down, like, four or five slots and either secure another pick in the same draft Mm -hmm. or secure a future pick, you know, and just kind of add to that treasure trove that you got in the Porzingis trade, then maybe you do that. I, I think it would be a good move. And I certainly, I think there's enough, like, there's not like so much distance between you know the the two through maybe like 10 prospects in this draft that you can really be like oh like we're gonna lose out on a huge talent by trading down four spots in this draft like i really think this is one of those drafts where there could be you know the player drafted at 10 could do better than the player drafted at two potentially right that's interesting that's interesting let's see what the chat says um shout out to everybody in the chat hit that thumbs up button for your boys uh, a lot of people like RJ in the chat. Uh, T. Williams says no trade. He's not trading down. Chris, uh, CR share says trade down. 730, Teresa says trade down for DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, that was another one that Spencer had, had liked um, in, in that kind of second or third tier. Natty Solo says Morant over everybody. Easy Win says we won't need job because Kyrie is definitely coming. Daddy Solo, give me Garland over DSJ, but he, but he likes Moran over everybody. T. Williams draft John Moran. He's the best available player after Zion. So T. Williams is going best available player. This is another thing I wonder, mm-hmm. like, I wonder if some of those teams, like let's say like the Suns win the lottery mm-hmm. and they get number one. 
I wonder, I mean, you would think they wouldn't be able to turn down drafting uh, Zion. Zion, yeah. They've been so desperate for a point guard for so long. I almost wonder if you could shoot them like, oh, we'll give you Dennis Smith and <laughs> and they might be like, oh, well, we could take. You get John Moran at that spot. Well, or not like if you trade them Dennis Smith, then they're like, okay, we have Dennis Smith now, oh, well, we have yeah, a point yeah, guard, yeah. yeah, and we could still take you know RJ or Culver or whatever, and that would mm-hmm. be as good of a haul. Maybe they'd be stupid enough to do that. No, I, I can't see. I mean, the Suns, <laughs> it's it's amazing how terrible they are, but it yeah. also just goes to show you that a young team alone, just because you have the top prospects, it's it's not going to get it. It's not going to cut it. You know, you you still need that balance. You yeah, need when you need to balance, scout well. Yeah. and draft well and everything else. I mean, you look at, like, they got they got eight in there putting up all kinds of numbers or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. double-doubles and crap, right. but they had Doncic at number one. <laughs> and they go. literally hired Doncic's coach from the EuroLeague. Like, yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what was going on in their brains last draft, but... Facts. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, they've got a scouting problem over yeah. there. They've had how many top five picks, and they've come away with what? Like, Dragon Bender... Marquise Sarah. Chris, Marquise like, Chris, Alex Len. How about that one? Alex Len, Alex yeah. Len, Josh, Josh Jackson, who's playing a little better, but yeah. isn't really that good right now. They could have had so many other the guys. right players, man. Gotta, yeah. It's not an exact science. Not an exact science, man. Yeah. Let's go to uh, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Dion from Park City. He wants to talk about Coach Fizz, and he wants to keep DSJ. Uh, Dion, how you feeling, man? What What's your thoughts on um, on this draft question that we just uh, talked about? Um, yeah, as far as the draft process, mm-hmm. I'm not even worried because we got Ninja P, like you call him, man. <laughs> That's Jay Ellis. Jay Ellis Scott Perry, Ninja P. <laughs> for real, man. I love that dude. He moves man. in silence, man. <laughs> Yo, for real. And y'all remember, like, um, was it two years ago? Not when they took um, De'Aaron Fox. But um, before that year, when they took, like, Justin Jackson, Harry Giles, mm-hmm. and it was, like, somebody else they took in that draft, that's what really made me start looking at him. Like, I was like, yo, who is that behind the scenes making yeah. this move? Yo, he killed I that. I think night. that was the same draft. That was the Aaron Fox. The same draft. Yeah. Same draft. That was the Aaron Fox with, with um, Harry Giles and Justin Jackson. All of them came out. Yeah. All three of them, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, that night, man, he killed it. Like, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was trade robbery that night. So, but yeah, man. A lo- another thing, too, though, like, if we get RJ, I'm all right. Because RJ seemed like he a lot to be a good pro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel I'm like. Not, Zion, I'm not I mean, so down on, like... on, um, on the prospect of RJ Barrett, as a lot of people are, man. I see a, a, a killer instinct in this kid. Um,. I, that I just feel like I feel like he's gonna have a, a good career at the next level, man. Everybody has flaws, man. I can't get too into yeah, oh, this guy man. doesn't do this, he doesn't do this. He's in college. I'm not expecting him to do everything. Yeah, man. Yo, RJ got an NBA game, straight, plain, and simple. His game is a straight NBA game. Like he's yeah. a new two guard in the league. He he's better than the Rosen already, like offensively. Got the same problems, you know what I'm saying? Can't shoot. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a problem now. Yeah. I, I, I like his aggressiveness. Too, though, I, want I like that he stays aggressive. I, yeah, I get, man, I get the shot killer, selection. Yeah. I get the defensive woes. I get that he doesn't move the ball that much, but I, I wouldn't be mad at it with the two, with at the two pick. Yeah, you got to Yeah, man. I would like RJ out there, man. He looked like he got that New York State of mind. Yeah, Can man. Go get Al, Al, what were you saying? 
was going to say, you got to wonder how much of that is coached into him too, you know, like by Coach K, like yeah. the fact that he takes so many shots or whatever. Because even when they have interviews with, with like Zion Williamson after the game, he's always talking about like, oh, this is RJ's team, blah, mm. blah, blah. Like maybe that's just coached into him. I don't know. Maybe that's why, you know, he plays how he does on that team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of those dudes, though, you give them the green light, they don't always take it, man. If you give him the green light, look like he's going to go for it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, another thing, too, I want everybody to give some love to Coach Fizz, man. When we was on them little couple-game winning streaks, and you know what I mean, in mm-hmm. a lot of close games, everybody was saying, you know, giving a lot of praise to a lot of different things. You know, Mitch, Money Mitch, that's my dude. He be rocking. But nobody ain't say nothing about Coach Fizz, how he got them boys running through a wall for him, man. I love that. That's fair. That's fair, Al. I mean, you know, Fizz is certainly um, deserves some criticism. But listen, the players to, to <laughs> you know the players play hard for them. The kids love them. You've seen ups and downs. You've seen some ups from from a lot of players. Um, whether it's Vonley had his moments, Moutier's had his moments, um, uh, Mitch has had his moments, Iso's had his moments, even Knox has had his moments. So you know they they seem to be playing hard for us. Yeah, still. and that's that's a, that's just a tribute to him coming in every day, like and them believing in what he's doing, like. Because mm-hmm. this, yo, man, once you start losing, man, you see a lot of dudes quit, man. I haven't seen none of these young dudes quit yet. And then with the rotations he got set in place, like, I know you talking about it on a, um, a previous show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you out there with, like, Trier, Mitch Robinson, that whole second unit, them boys having fun when they playing together. I love watching them play, man. I don't even care about free agency like that. Like, I love watching this young team play. I want to see where they could go with a couple new pieces. Yeah, we'll see, man. Al, what's your take on it? As far as, like, Fizz. getting a couple, couple more pieces on the team? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, like, the, so the, the stuff with Fizzdale I think has been exaggerated maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of his, like, late-game coaching decisions and stuff. Because um, I think that he's he's not prioritizing necessarily winning every game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's definitely uh, – you can see by how he how he coaches the end of certain games that he doesn't really care who's out there if yeah. it's going to result in the win. He just wants to see people in certain situations. The London game stuck yeah. out to me with that. Like, you yeah, know, he didn't care. He just left Timmy out there. He left he left a lot of his weaker defenders out there, and 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 had Mitch and, and Frank on the bench, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's there's definitely like he shows some bright spots. I think the Fizz. The biggest thing that I like with Fizz so far is that he's great at getting the players to buy in yeah. to whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be valuable if this team has a lot of turnover going into next year and a lot of new faces and stuff. Like that's going to be a valuable skill is that he'll be able to get this team together quicker than, you know, most coaches. Hopefully. True. True indeed. Um, as far as like his play calling and stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely still, he's still figuring it out, I think. But you also have to consider like, I brought this up a number of times, different places over the season, but like you got to consider that he's coaching a bunch of kids, you know what I mean? So he's, he's probably trying to keep things pretty simple, you know, for them. And that I think results in some, you know, less than inspiring plays sometimes that he draws up after timeouts and stuff. Granted, some of them have just legit been pretty bad, but I think he's even shown some, some growth in that area throughout the season. So. And and to your to your point in keeping the the offense simple uh, on our on our podcast with Macri, um, he brought up that point about the offense and and he thought that 
this type of offense was more um, appreciated to to a potential free agent, ball dominant free agent like a, like a, a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving who can kind of come in, you know, get those high pick and rolls and kind of create for themselves. But my question to him was, is it that or is it Fizz just keeping it simple based on the personnel that we have right now? And maybe once the team, once a roster stabilizes a little bit, does he get a bit more creative? Um, with, with the offense and and you know emphasize a bit more off ball movement. Yeah, I think it's probably the answer is probably somewhere in the middle, like it usually is. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's part that, um, it's it's part that Fizdale's keeping it simple for the kids, you know, and part that also I think I think he does favor a point guard in particular that can that can kind of run the game for Get him. That, yeah you know, get the points, but also get some assists, you know, get things going. But in a lot of ways, getting things going means scoring the ball. Like you look at Mike Conley under Fisdale had, you know, one of his best seasons and then, you know, a Mm -hmm. part of another season that was one of his best seasons. Yeah. Um, You know, in large part, I think because Fizz is a guy that empowers the point guard position a lot. Um, and, and you know uses the point guard as as a means to running everything else, which obviously is what you want to do. But with Fizdale more so than other coaches, I think he relies on the point guard to really set the the tone. True. And the Knicks, and, and you know the Knicks for most of this year have not had a point guard that's really far above average. You know, certainly like a- average to slightly above average at best on certain nights, and and that's about it. So. Yeah, no, I agree. And and um, speaking of point guards, man, I, I think his conf- confidence in Moutier is pretty evident. I think, you know, people are still asking, how do you still have confidence in Moutier? But I get the feeling that they're really um, entertaining, you know, Moutier is kind of like a backup plan going forward here, man. Well, what do you think? I don't, I don't know. The, you know, the price tag is kind of pricey, but. I don't know how pricey it's even going to be if we're being honest, you know, the only way that I think that the price will go up on Moody is if, uh, if a team like the Suns or, or the magic, something like that, you know, a team that needs a point guard. Well, the magic don't even need him anymore because now they got faults. So yeah, there goes another potential Moody suitor, but you know, if a team like the Suns use whatever cap space they have, try to make a run at him and, you know, offer him a little above sure. what they think would be willing to pay. That's about the only way I see him getting overpaid. Uh, I think realistically what's probably going to happen if if the pipe dream is actually going to come true, they're going to have to renounce him. Right. Because uh, his cap hold is really, really high as a as a lottery pick. Um, but I don't know. I I don't know how to feel about it because, like, I, the way that I look at Moutier, and I, and I wish that the Knicks would, and Fisdale in particular, would seem more like they're looking at it this way, is if you already have Dennis Smith Jr. under contract for another two years after this one on a rookie deal, who's basically a better version of what Moutier gives you, then like, why are you going to bring Moutier back? Right. You know, he, he's not giving you anything that Dennis Smith can't give you, but better, you know? So that's, that's kind of the way I look at him. I, I just, I, I hope he's not part of the, part of the plan. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean that in the best way possible. Like, I really I, hope he's not part of the plan. I, I, I feel good for him, you know, for having sort of pulled his career back together this year and for Fizdale for having like sort of fixed him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he, uh, I, I don't really want him on the team pass this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm good, man. I, yeah. I think I'm good on that. Um, the last play when we were talking about player buying um, DeAndre Jordan, 
So I think I guess the buyout period is now passed, mm-hmm. and we did not buy out DeAndre Jordan. The media asked him, um, you know, what his situation was. He said he likes it here. He said he he, he saw no reason to request one, and it seems like you know. He's bought in with Fizz, and he and he's bought into that mentorship role. So that's kind of interesting, you know. You figured DeAndre Jordan um, could have basically landed on and played some meaningful basketball in in the in the second season, but it seems like he he was content with sticking it sticking it out here. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, based off his his personality, he kind of seems like the anti Cantor mm-hmm. in terms yeah, in of every way, man. In every way. You know he's a few he's a few years older, obviously. So there's that to consider, and he's made a lot more money in his career and stuff like that. Like so, he's not so much playing for his next contract. Yeah, but I think that Jordan probably understands that. You know he, it's it's not like if he got traded somewhere or sorry if he got bought out or whatever that he's losing like bird rights or something. Mm-hmm. So that didn't worry him first off, so he was like, whatever, I'll just stick it out here. And then secondly, I think he knows like. Teams have the book on him, you know, like if someone wants to sign him to a big money deal this offseason, they're gonna, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing holding them back. Right. You know what I mean? He's, they already know exactly what he could bring to the team. And in the meantime, I think maybe he's kind of enjoying maybe just for once having a zero pressure situation where mm-hmm. he can just kind of mentor, you know, a, a young player and help some guys out. It seems like he likes Fizdale in the locker room and stuff. So, I mean, it was nice to see. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't get bought out and like re-sign somewhere else because I actually really like him and yeah, I like him. You know, as as we've already said and as some of the callers have already said, I mean his his impact on uh, Mitch Robinson is pretty great. Yeah, I mean if he's willing to take about um, five times less than what he's making right now. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Come on back. I mean, you got to level. This is you know again this is reaching and starting to look at things that aren't you know materializing yet, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really good friends with Kevin Durant, so maybe he just wants to stick around here and and then eventually sign a deal in the off season. Yeah, but who knows? I, it's not like the Knicks are going to be able to offer him like more more money based off of you know having rights or anything to him. That's right. So he's going to have to take a fairly significant pay cut, but maybe he wants to ride it out here and just kind of be the first guy to welcome Durant in with open arms. I don't know. True and true indeed, man. But yeah, uh, DeAndre's definitely been. A, a good presence here so far, no doubt about it. Um, before we get back to the phones, once again, shout out everybody in the chat. This is Nick's Post Game Live, number one post game show on YouTube for the fans, by the fans. Make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button. I'm vastly approaching 10,000 subscribers. Hit that subscribe button below. Some of you guys watch every day and still haven't hit that subscribe button. Maybe you don't know how. <laughs> Just hit subscribe. If you know any Knicks fans, you share these videos. This is the best way to promote the channel. That's why I always ask you to hit that thumbs up. I always ask you to subscribe and always ask you to share. Because clearly, the more people we get in here, the more we get on the phones, the better the show is. It's all about the the fan opinion and uh, what you guys have to say. But um, also, for for those of you in the tri-state area, on Friday, March 15th, that's in two weeks. Yeah, we just got paid. So yeah, next payday two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to uh to, to get to that calendar date. We're doing another watch party, watch party 2.0. With me, yours truly, Alex Wolf, the Knicks Film School, uh Hard Knicks Life. Jay Ellis will be there, Nigga Time Show, the Locked All Knicks people will be there, Gotham Sports Network, doing another watch party for Knicks Spurs. 
at John Sullivan's in New York City, 210 West 35th Street. Free to get in. Proceeds will go to the Garden Dreams Foundation. I think we gave um, what we gave him a check for about seven hundred dollars last time out. Yeah, it was. I think it might have been over eight hundred. Okay, it was, it was pretty solid. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, also, I should note uh, everybody should bring cash. Bring cash. Bring cash. Yeah. They're doing eight dollar cash drinks, and I think any cash drink sales are going to go towards the charity donation. So, and it's like twenty five percent of all of all drinks, and they're doing like eight dollar beer, wine, and well drinks. Okay. So they're going to give $2 for every $8 drink sold to Garden Dreams. Okay. And uh, and we're still waiting on official confirmation, but we might have some raffles and stuff too. So definitely good to have cash for that. All right. Cool, cool, man. Yeah, definitely. If you guys didn't come to the last one, definitely come through. It was a real good time. We actually got the W. That was a Dallas game when, when Mitch and Iso went off. And, um, yeah, that was a good time. So I see people in the chat already confirming their attendance. So shout out to those guys. All right, let's wrap up um, on the phones. We got a couple more phone calls in. We'll skip the play ratings today. Yeah, we lost by damn near 30. Uh, Mitch did well. We like Mitch. Man, yeah. th- those are your play ratings for, for tonight, man. Um, Jaleel from Long Island, he, he's on. He wants to talk about what we do if we strike out in free agency and the lottery. What's, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? June. Chilling. All right. I had a quick question for you because, like, as everybody else, I've been a lifelong Knicks fan, and we always lose. Like, in free agency, in the season, we just always lose. So my thing is, like, if we're already used to losing, what happens if we don't get Kevin Durant and we get, say, the third pick and we get a R.J. Barrett or a Cam or a John Morant? What happens? Are we cool with, like, re-signing a DeAndre Jordan and then just letting Mitch and all those guys just build, we might have superstars. Like We might not have to get a Kevin Durant because we might have superstars. Kevin Knox might turn into a Kevin Durant. Um, DSJ might become, who knows, you know what I'm saying? Like, these guys might get better, so who knows? Maybe not Kevin Knox being a Kevin Durant, but you know what I'm saying. He might become a good 20-7 and seven small forward, you know what I'm saying? So what happens if we have that? We don't need to sign a Kevin Durant, and we did it naturally like Golden State. Nobody thought Golden State had what they had till they had it, and they got a ring. Al, what's your backup plan, man? Uh, so I think you go two, one of two routes or maybe a combo of both if you if you strike out on the big free agents. Obviously, that's the plan. You know, chase these big free agents, see if you can sign, you know, some of the best players in the league, Durant, whatever. If you don't do that, you're you're one of the teams with the most cap space in the whole league mm-hmm. going into the offseason. Maybe the most. I think it's the most. And, like, the Clippers, if they unload Gallinari, would have almost the same or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, it, my, my idea for a backup plan would be, one, uh, using that cap space to take on some big one-year deals. Uh, that are in their last year, such as a Gallinari or something like that, to help other teams create space. Yeah. If you know for sure that no other players are coming to your team, mm-hmm. use your cap space and collect more assets that way, be it right. a young player or two or some draft picks mm-hmm. or whatever you can get. You know, Just rent out that cap space for a year. And then the way that I would fill out the roster is do kind of – not the <laughs> – not that the results are great right now because of how they've been handling things recently with you know dealing with their young players and stuff, but you do the Lakers model, I think, then after that. Mm. You sign a bunch of veterans to 
above market value one year deals and bring them on just for a year. Yeah. So sign guys, you know, that might normally command a contract of like two years for twenty million dollars or whatever, sign them to like a one year, like fourteen million dollar contract, mm-hmm. you know. And it just roll with them for one year, you know, that kind of thing. And and then make sure that that cap space can still be open in the next year or the years afterwards. And, you know, I think that's going to be the way to go and the way that the Knicks should look to do it if they're not able to secure those big free agents that they want. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Um, I think my backup plan would be just stay patient. Stay patient. Keep the money. Don't burn it on a Chris Middleton or, you know, um, Vucevic, even though he killed us the other night. But I wouldn't – those aren't the type of guys I want to sink max money into. Not even Tobias. I love Tobias, homegrown kid. I wouldn't do that. Keep the money. Like Alex said, you can use the cap space as a weapon to absorb bad contracts um, with the benefit of taking on additional uh, picks. That's how you – win this asset allocation asset acquisition uh game like how Danny Ainge plays it you know that that's how you win that look look at what the Nets did on how the Nets rebuilt their team bum ass Nets and all you know that's what they did they didn't have the flexibility of drafting players so they took on they had the cap space they took that on and and um again agreeing with you Al signing some veterans like I said if DeAndre comes for of you know, five million dollars. You bring in DeAndre. If we don't get a Kyrie Irving or you know even a Kemba, if you want to say Kemba, get a veteran point guard in here. You know, not mm-hmm. one that you know you want to be in competition with these guys, but one that can, can that can teach. Mm-hmm. You know, one that can teach. The callers uh, made a point earlier about getting not maybe get a veteran for Knox, a veteran swingman. So you know those type of moves when you bring in some some vets. Uh, that know how to win and fortify that with the draft picks, that that could turn into some good things for us, even if we don't, you know, get those two max free agents. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those are, you know, exactly what you said. You you don't want to get guys that are going to be thinking, you know, you don't want to get the canters of the world that yeah. are going to be, you know, veterans that are in here thinking that the playing time is meant for them. Right. Um, but, the, you know, the brilliant thing of the whole thing, like if you strike out in free agency is that you still have all that space. So like, a guy like DeAndre, then you wouldn't have to be like, oh, like DJ, you have to take like $5 million for a year or whatever. Then you could be like, all right, well, now nobody else is coming. And, you know, we got all this extra cap space laying around. So we'll mm-hmm. give you a big fat deal for this year. And then we'll have some actual like bird rights on you for next year. Right. Um, so, you know, you could spend like $15 million for one season on DeAndre Jordan or something like that. Do basically what the Mavs did with him mm-hmm. prior to trading him to the Knicks, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, and that's obviously something that he's, he's you know good with i guess because uh, he did it with the mavs too and the mavs didn't really look like they were gonna make the playoffs or anything this year so um yeah that, that's kind of how i handle it you yeah. know just just be smart don't give out any long-term contracts unless the player's absolutely worth it like unless I you're agree. talking about a top top 20 player you know even top 10 15 whatever uh make sure that they're guys that if paired together or whatever are going to be able to actually put your team over the hump yeah. um rather than just, you know, stranding yourself as like a five seed, you know, or something like that. Cause that's, we've been there before. That's not the best existence. In not, the whole not at all, man. Not, not at all. Um, shout out everybody in the chat. Once again, Omar, what's going on? Omar says most likely we're getting at least one 
top free agent, so almost confident there. 7.30, Terrorista says, In Ninja P, we trust. I'm with him on that one. That might have to be the next shirt. In Ninja P, we trust. Shout out, Scott <laughs> Perry. Yeah, man. All right, uh, let's go back to the phones. Who's Mark from the chat wants to chime in on the Kevin Knox talk? Mark, what's good, bro? What's good, Nick Fang? How you, how you feeling, bro? I'm all right, man. Yo, I, I'm going to be there um, at the bar when, you know, when time comes. Yeah, come through, man. Mar- March know. 15th, man. Definitely. Everybody's I'm welcome, gonna come man. Through. I'm going to come through. Okay. So, listen, I don't want to come down on Knox, but I've seen this coming with his motor, and I've seen it since college, and it's bad. Like, it's a bad trait to have as a young player. Because it's going to be very, very hard to instill think, to instill him to be active. Because in college he wasn't much of an active player. If he didn't really get, if he didn't really get the ball, or, or if he didn't play in pace, he would just he, like he reminds me of Andrew Wiggins, and I'm afraid of that. I'm highly afraid of that because someone so talented, even if he don't get the ball, he should be able to rebound, cut. The screens, he doesn't either. If he if he's not if the Knicks aren't playing with a certain amount of pace, you won't see him. He will take bad shots. He will take bad shots. And then his it it's like he's like a daring headlights when he has the ball. Mm. He doesn't have much of a passing ability. I just don't like that kid's motor. And if you don't have a motor coming into the NBA, you will get lost. Very fast. And I understand, you know, I have to deal with it now because he's on our team and everything. But that thing scares me alone. And please, Knicks fan, don't compare him to Kevin Durant. That's really, that's really, really disrespectful. <laughs> he's not in Kevin Durant's boat. Not from college. It, no, there's nothing about him that, that smells Kevin Durant. That's a false. The most he'll be, the, the best he will be, will be a high quality. He could be a starter, a high quality starter that could shoot the ball because he does have a shooting touch. It's more about when he, it's more about with him. If we had someone that necessarily draws double team all the time, mm-hmm. that we, we, we really don't, he'd probably get better shots. So he takes a lot of four shots due to the fact that we don't have anybody that really bends the defense enough for him to get wide open shot. That's why when he gets the ball, he takes he takes the shot quicker than anything. He has to be able to set his feet. Once he don't set his feet, it's a bad shot. You can see it every time. Mm-hmm. Like you Timmy. See it every time. Like Tim Hardaway used to do. Yeah. You can see it every time. Watch his feet. Watch his feet. But he could be a good shooter. Once he's, once he's set with his feet, he could be a good, good shooter. That's, why, that's one thing that said, okay, I could deal with him because I personally, me before the draft, I would have took Shane. Uh, I'd have took Shane off off the clip. I'd have took yeah, him. Gilles. I'd have took Trey Young or Wendell Carter. Those were my picks before Knox because I didn't like the motor. Mm. And he's having a big problem with that motor. He's having a huge problem with that motor, and that's hard to fix in a human being. Sorry. I, I hope you. I hope you're wrong, man. It's but, very um, hard. But yeah, you know, hopefully, no, hopefully he's, he's no, not. He's wrong. He's oh, wrong, but yeah. The thing is, I don't like that he's I don't like that he fades away like that when he doesn't get the ball if he doesn't score. He has to learn to say, Okay, if I don't get the ball 
five plays down. Let me disrupt the uh, disrupt the offense on defense because mm-hmm. he's long enough. He can rebound. He's capable. Yeah. But right. the motor the motor adds on to that. Now, if he had a motor, he would be doing it a little more. But he doesn't have it. He lacks, and that's a that's a bad trait to have okay. when you're playing basketball. Now, now where you at on the draft, man? Well, what's your take, take on the draft so far in the non-Zion? Right. Um, uh, this is what I want to talk about mm-hmm. because the guy who you uh, I've got the guy named who you on who you on uh, the air with Alex. Everybody's talking about RJ. Which for me, he reminds me of a left-hand De- DeMar DeRozan, but more of a ball hogger. People say he has, he has a little bit of playmaking, uh, uh, playmaking skills, a little bit, but he's more of give me the ball and get the, get the hell out of my way. That's the type of player he is. And if, you, if we were to draft him, he wouldn't be good for the Knicks because we're going to need a guard that's able to share the ball with the players that we have. Mm-hmm. So we so we get some open shots and better shots. We can't have another ball handler that's hogging the ball. That's why my, my theory with Cam Reddish, the way he's looking, is because he's putting he's been put into a certain role because he could shoot it better than RJ. If RJ doesn't have the ball, what does what else does he do well? What else does he do without the ball? Yeah, you 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 were definitely so a Cam Reddish guy from from earlier that, this season. Huh? I said you were definitely a Cam Reddish guy from earlier this season, for sure. I, I, to me, I think he has a better skill set, but he's not going to be able to show it because he's playing with RJ, and RJ needs the ball to be effective. That's why they give him the ball more. And Zion can play off the ball. That's yeah. what makes them good because Zion and Cam can play off the ball okay. because they cut, they shoot, and they, 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 they do other things. They have great tangibles. They have great tangibles. Yeah. I'm not a big RJ guy. For me, it's either if I can't get Zion, I probably would trade up in the draft. And you know who I would I would trade for? I would I would I would talk to the Hawks because RJ would be a, a great fit for Atlanta mm. because they're going to need a guy that say get the hell out my way. Okay, well, I, I think he'll be a perfect call, fit there. Appreciate the call, Mark. That's Mark Wayne. Mark needs his own show, man. He's he's long winded, man, but he he comes with a passion. He he brings it, man. That's I, I rock with Mark, man. I definitely rock with Mark. Yeah. Billy Billy back to the chat said you asked him a question. That was a big mistake. Yeah, I, I want to hear what he had to say. I want to hear what Mark has to say, man. You know, he he, he definitely comes with big with uh with a lot of points. But yeah, his, his guy, his prospect has been Cam Reddish from the beginning. But I don't know Cam is an enigma just because you don't really know. You know, is is Zion and RJ kind of stymieing him? He had a couple good games this season, but by and large, he's been he's been up and down. He's been kind of inconsistent this this season. Yeah, people got some of those same concerns with Cam about the motor as they did with Knox. Exactly. So I'm kind of surprised to hear he's so high on him. To be hey, totally, hey, yeah, that that is surprising, right? That yeah. that is surprising. Yeah. But I think what he's saying is, and and Spencer mentioned it too. Spencer thought thought. That he could be the most talented of the three, but he just he just hasn't been able to put it all together. Yeah, I mean this. It, uh, of course, he probably could be, but yeah, I don't I don't know what Cam like. Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, I don't I don't think he's necessarily been cast in the best role. Yeah, for him like I think he definitely I think he, he needs the ball in his hands a little more. Uh, from what I understand, and he's just kind of been looked on as like a you know as a 
basically a spot up shooter, right? Like a three and D type guy on Duke. I don't think that's necessarily the best thing for him, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I, that's like my amateur analysis on him. Like I said, like we were talking about before, I've I put some time into the college guys so far, but not nearly as much as I want to. Yeah. And Cam's Cam's one of those guys I definitely feel like I have to sit and like micro analyze everything, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. take everything at face value with him. He looks pretty bad, but like if you can if you could dig into it and really figure out like what he's doing well and what he's not, I think he's probably a better prospect than more people give him credit for. Yeah. Time will tell man. Time will tell. But um, like I said, we had Spencer on, on our draft prospect show last week. If you guys missed the show, definitely check it out in the menu at the top hand, right. And we'll have Spencer on later on after the lottery. We'll be breaking it down probably after the tournament as well. Cause you know, stocks rise and, and fall after the tournament. We'll get Schwinney on. We'll, we definitely got to get Schwinney on. Uh, for his perspective as well, we'll just we'll, get your bleep button. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get the profanity button <laughs> close by, you know, when, when twenty sounds off. But um, but yeah, man, good good stuff. All right, last call of the night. Uh, I got to eat dinner and watch some Netflix tonight. Joe from uh, North Carolina, he wants to talk about the draft and the free agents. Joe, how you feeling, bro? Good. What's up, fellas? Good man. How you doing? Good. I just wanted to real quick get in the the whole plan that the Knicks seem to have, right? Mm -hmm. Hinges on getting KD for the most part. I mean, there's other free agents, but I think he's the prize that they want to get. A guy like KD, if he comes here, he's going to want essentially to build his own team. Mm -hmm. He's going to more or less be uh, carrying the same weight that LeBron carried to the Lakers. So now if you put 31 year old KD and let's say he does convince Kyrie to come on board. These guys might just say, hey, man, we're not going to play with these kids. Look, at it already happened with the Lakers. You know, we're not going to get anywhere with a, a supporting crew that's 20 years old, 21 years old. So he himself could blow up the entire team, including Mitch. So that's why I'm a little leery of this whole thing, because, like, if they would have kept KP, you know, all the noise aside of what he wanted to do, what he didn't want to do, you know, next year the you know Hardaway would have been off the cap, and the other guys would have been off the cap. So mm-hmm. they would have had a bona fide young star if he was healthy, and you could still build around him. So I just wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Like you know, bringing in a guy like that, his ca- uh, Durant caliber guy, he's going to have a ton of control and and personnel decision influence. And is that necessarily a good thing? Because the way it's playing out with the Lakers, with LeBron, who's argu- arguably a little You're bit better than KD, yeah. It doesn't seem to be working out all that well. So that was that my point, and then you guys can go eat and have dinner. Yeah, there, there you go, Joe. Appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the support. I mean, Ali has a fair point, man. He has a fair point. Um, do how, how do you see that, you know, potentially playing out? Yeah, I'm definitely – it's it, it's not lost on me, you know. It's definitely a, a something that I could see potentially – Yeah playing out, you know, because a, a guy like Durant, you know, it, it, although the way that he's been talking lately, I it, it's easing my mind a little bit. And I feel like he's kind of setting up the world for Durant that doesn't necessarily think that championship or bust is the only option. Because, yeah, well, shit, if he's if um, he's about to win his third, he's probably like, yeah, yeah he's like, <laughs> now let me be he, a businessman in New York. Yeah, it, it, which is kind of what LeBron was doing. But yes. you know what? Everybody thought LeBron would be patient, too. And then now look at him and he's right. like missing now yeah so i i don't know exactly what to make of it like i definitely think there's a chance that that um 
you know, Durant coming here could kind of derail things if it goes the wrong way. But then there's also the point to consider of like, if, if another free agent comes with him, let's say it's Kyrie, you know, and the dream scenario happens, then you have, you know, you have Durant and you have Kyrie already and already there, you're way ahead of the game compared to what LeBron was able to, you know, but but do you see the, but do you see the windows? Because I, I continue to say that the windows aren't really aligned with the, the young core that we have and then bringing in two max players. I think, I hope, I guess would be the way to put it. I don't know. If, I don't know what necessarily to think like mm-hmm. definitively, mm-hmm. but I hope that the the Knicks front office would look to strike some sort of balance there. Cause I actually don't think there's anything wrong with trading a couple of the young players um, in order to, you know, bolster up and make a run for a championship or something. If mm-hmm. that's something you really think you can do, but I think there's a good balance to be struck there. Like you don't want to give up every single young player on the roster exactly because you have to leave yourself some future flexibility. Now, thankfully, also, they still have all their own draft picks going forward and a couple of Dallas draft picks right. going forward, too. Right. But that helps things along, too. Like, you know that over the next, whatever it is, six years or whatever, they're going to, or five years, whenever that last pick conveys, mm-hmm. they're going to have draft assets that whole time. Yeah. So that's, that's good to know, too. Uh, so if you trade some young players for a more established player now, you're not necessarily killing yourself later on. Right. You're not um, completely you, emptying the bank. Yeah. And you don't even necessarily have to go after someone like Anthony Davis, who's like cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. You know, if you already have a Durant and an Irving or something like that, then maybe you just trade some of these guys for like a, uh, not quite a, you know, like a, a tertiary star. You I was know saying I mean? Bradley Beal. Yeah. I was saying Bradley Beal. I brought up his name already too. You know, obviously Washington's not going to have too much to play for for the next year and change. Yeah, Wall gets you know healed up, mm-hmm. so they might want to take on a couple young players just to try and kind of bolster their team a little bit. Which I you know with how capped out they are, they're going to have very limited options over the next couple of years. So yeah, yeah, that, it, that it, could be someone to go after. There's just so much at stake here, man. So mm-hmm. so much that can change things. Um, you know, what, what is KD's, uh, motivation? If he does want to come here, what would his motivation want to be to come here? You know, if he did come here, is he trying to bring a second guy out? You would think so, right? A, a Kyrie. Then, you know, you're looking at Kyrie's situation in Boston every day, every loss, it just gets, you know, more murky, that whole situation there. And, you know, Boston's trying to get in the AD sweepstakes. Do they try to trade for AD and then sign Kyrie? I mean, AD and Kyrie can almost shape this whole offseason together. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. But uh, we'll have a lot of time to talk about it. Um, we talk about it every day since the team is 13, 13 and 50. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, as the world turns, Nick's edition, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying now? Every day, every day. It's just a new adventure. Absolutely, man. (laughs) So uh, on that note, let's close it out. Um, Al, you know the deal, man. Um, Promote your shows. Tell them where you've been and where they can find you at. So you can find me on uh, Posting and Toasting, SB Nation's Knicks blog. That's postingandtoasting.com, at PT Knicks blog, on Twitter. You can find me on Locked on Knicks, uh, Daily New York Knicks podcast. That's uh, at Locked On Knicks on Twitter. We're on all the various services uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, 
wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. And uh, if you feel like just listening to me personally, you can find me on Twitter at the Alex Wolf with an E. There you go, man. There you go. (laughs) He he says that's it. That's it. As he uh, broadcasts the whole resume, man. But nah, great show, Alan. And thanks again for joining us, man. And to all you guys that joined us too, man. We had almost 300 people in the chat um, on this Knicks 128 to 107 loss to the LA Clippers. Replay of the show is in audio format, as you just saw. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Alexa. If you have an Alexa, just say Alexa Play Knicks Fan TV and you'll hear the latest um, upload of the show in podcast format. Speaking of podcasts, check out the podcast that we did with Jonathan Macri this morning. I put it up in the uh, in the show notes at the top hand right of the screen. Had a good conversation, me, myself, and Jonathan Macri, just touching on the season and um, and having a couple laughs as well. So you guys will definitely enjoy it. Uh, the draft episode, the replay of the draft episode with Spencer as well is up in the uh, in the show menu. Uh, merch, you guys want the merch? The Mitch Please T-shirts. Uh, just made a new one for. Number 14, you know who he is. Um, hit the link in the in the video description to the merch. Got a lot of nice hoodies and, and t-shirts for you guys. Um, next guest, next Saturday, is going to be Tommy Beer from Forbes Magazine. He's going to be joining us, probably breaking down some uh, crazy random stat that you hadn't heard before. Huh? So, um, shout out Tommy Beer. And, uh, yeah, man, that, that's the story. I'll check you guys on the replay. The replay of this show should start up at about 10 p.m. And run throughout the night. So thanks again, everybody, for coming through. Thanks for everybody for calling. And uh, we'll see you guys Wednesday, man. Knicks versus Kings post-game show. CP and Jay Ellis. Al, thanks again, man. Enjoy the re- enjoy a productive week, man. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. Yeah, like, just call me on. I, I wish I wish there was more Sunday games so I could be here more. Yeah, you man. Know what I'm saying? Uh, we need more matinees so I can I can bring back my tradition. Absolutely, man. But yeah, we'll definitely catch up again and uh, I'll check you guys, man. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.